0: To destiny podcast.
1: Yeah, so we're now on the history of Kingsway, kind of. Uh, yeah, so this is my beautiful mother and father. You will meet them, and we'll be making sure they come in to teach you. They've got an awful lot of wisdom. They're virtually eighty. My dad is my mom's eighty something. My mum's seventy-eight it, or. Yeah. Uh,
0: if you add the two numbers together divide by two
1: you would never believe it my mum goes all over the world still um, encouraging people to pray for their young people Um, and hopefully she'll come and tell you all about that because it's just an amazing uh, sort of thing that's going on in just how many countries now it's like 70 or something It's ridiculous. Anyway. um, So they'd moved to Sale. And we were in this very difficult church. We got to there, hadn't we? Um, Oh, yeah, that was our little church building up to three years ago. If you'd have come a couple of years ago, you would have seen that. uh, It's now been turned into houses. It wasn't ours. We just rented it. Um, So... Ken was there, and these are the people I told you. Um, and we we went. Uh, somebody came to Manchester to put on this big evangelistic campaign, and I'm afraid I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, David Watson, if you've ever heard of him. Um, and so his, the way he did it was he went to different cities in the UK. Manchester was one, and he would ask for different teams of people to help him. And he always wanted a kind of outreach team. Um. So he likes them to go into the city centre and do, you know, some outreachy type stuff um, involving dancing and music. um, And and then ask people to come to his evening meetings. So this is a great thing that, you know, a lot of churches in Manchester were getting involved in. And so my mum went along to one of these kind of planning meetings for David Watson's campaign. So, you know, all these jobs are being dished out. And then this one's left. Um, to do with this outreach team, and my mum finds herself offering to do you know a dance thing she 'd never done dancing in her life she and brethren you 're not even allowed to dance um, so she offers to do this thing then it 's like i don 't know how on earth we 're going to do it But what was awesome was people started coming and just saying i 'd like to be part of that team I'd like to be part of that team.' This man came that was really great at writing little plays. Ken was really great at writing little plays. So there's the two of them that would just write things on the tram going into, um, you know, into Manchester little plays that they would then put on. Um, and a few people came that wanted to dance. Sue and Irvin, who were at the meeting yesterday, Alan, who would have been here, um, but he's actually broken his shoulder a couple of days ago or his arm or something. Um. And they all came and, and, and sort of wanted to be part of this outreach group. And they had to meet quite a lot. But in that meeting quite a lot, relationships started to really develop. Because you know when you're dancing with somebody and you're putting on a play with somebody, it's such fun, but you, you're interacting and you're starting to love each other, aren't you? So by the end of this campaign, they all wanted to stay together and wanted to keep doing dance keep doing drama so it started to be a weekly thing well the people that were running the church at the time wouldn't allow us to meet to do it because they didn't believe you should be able to dance uh, with Jesus that it was you know dancing in church was wrong um, along with lifting your hands and all that sort of thing so we had to find somewhere else to go and meet and practice do you know where we ended up meeting and practicing here Because there was a little church on this ground. It was at a time it was a Baptist church, and they threw us a set of keys, and said, "Whenever you want to use our building to practice, you use it." I mean, honestly, it was ridiculous. Now that was in 1978, and this drama team it grew and grew. Um, we ended up putting on a passion play that we, we went all around the country with, even into Catholic churches. People would get saved, they would uh, experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It was just, and healed. It was just ima- amazing. So I was probably 18 or 19 at that point, and we did this for until our children were yes so it was at least 10 years and and you know we oh it was just amazing we we would we just felt we didn't want to to have shoes on our feet we wanted to dance with bare feet we did that on the snow even in one because we used to do outreaches at different different towns so even if it was snow we'd still dance with bare feet Um just feeling like it was holy ground and wherever we danced it was holy ground and Uh, we had a few words which were really important to us which was fervent praise and harmony so we would dance looking into each other's eyes singing you know and about opening up ourselves to one another dead cheesy now probably but very very powerful and relationships were built that are still like this to this day you know we may not agree with one another all the time doesn't matter We're just desperately in love with one another. Um,
0: Fervent is um, passionate, uh, very exciting, very
2: full on. um,
1: It meant we would worship. uh, You know, like David, when it says he he danced with all his heart and... um, Uh, yeah that sort of thing so uh that transferred into our sort of because we had the dance group but then you know I told you that they'd said that we had that word that church would that everything would change in one day well on one day all the people that were holding all these offices in this church all resigned and that what they thought would happen was that um the whole thing would disintegrate and be able to start again. That was there because they, they just didn't really like this Holy Spirit business. They were really struggling with, you know, what was happening with the dance group and all these people that started coming to the church because they loved being with us, even though the services were awful a lot of the time. It was crazy. It was a crazy time. It was such, it was a bit like schizophrenic church life. Um, <laughs> but all in one day, they all resigned. And then what happened was a load of people just said, well, I'll do that, and I'll do that job, and I'll do that. So you had to have a president and a secretary and all these things. Um, and and then it was like, well, actually, we just want to run with elders. And so it all, all just sort of really very, very rapidly changed. Um, what was I saying? Because I, I went off. Oh yeah, so like this fervency then became something of the way that we worshipped in church. Oh, it was just so exciting to be free all of a sudden, you know. And um, we, so we've had services in in that church where the carpet was absolutely sopping wet, and we had to throw it away because we we were we had all this water that we were just bringing in because um, we were just drinking the Holy Spirit, and you know just. We would go with whatever somebody felt. We had ladders out there and we would be climbing up the ladders because, uh, you know, just, profet- just these prophetic things that we would run with week after week. was ju- It was just awesome, honestly. It was just a delightful time. Now we're not allowed water. We're not even allowed to climb a ladder without having to sign a ladder policy. <laughs> you know, so, uh, <laughs> but, we, but we're somehow... Still able to just go after God in our worship without having to worry too much about those things. But it's all been part of our journey and we want you to know that journey. Um, I think I don't need to say any more about the dance and drama group. But that's kind of that how our church was birthed, really was in this dance and drama group. That was what was the base of relationship. That was the base of of how we became who we are with those values.
0: So um, the picture you, you've got here uh, is of the passion play. And just to put 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 it into context, um, the guy who's being crucified, uh, a guy called Trevor, and I don't know whether, well, you will remember, yesterday one of the ladies that was here, Sarah, who was saying how uh, she helps with the new creation week, and she loves to hang out with people and have coffee. And she doesn't feel guilty about hanging out with people and having coffee anymore. Uh, Sarah is Trevor's daughter. Um, uh, Trevor, sadly, well, not sadly. Sadly for the people who are left behind because uh, they miss him so much. We miss him. Uh, he, he died uh, recently and went to be with Jesus. But um, the, the the reason I point that out is because... We really are family, okay? We really are family. And, and folk, the folk who have, you know, come and joined us, they just, we adopt them, all right? There's no membership of this church, no formal membership. We don't have a membership uh, list. You don't have a course that you have to go on in order to become a member, Please, you've got to. When I want to be very careful when I talk like that, I don't want to make it sound like I'm being disrespectful to other expressions of church that do have such things. All right, what I want you to what I want you to hear is we're just emphasising the things that God has placed on our heart, and we're doing those. So we want to be very careful that in doing that we don't imply that everybody else is doing it wrong. Okay. You know, we're the one true church and when everybody does it like us and comes and joins this family, life will be great. That's just a load of rubbish. The problem is, a lot of a lot of us, me included, have lived like that for a long time. That's why we're Protestants. OK, because we protest, you know, because we unite around truth. And then somebody says, oh, I, I think differently. And there's nowhere to go other than to clear off. And, you you know, you, you divide. So we're very much we just really want to be very careful that in emphasizing who we are, we don't in any way imply that what. What. Other folk feel God has said to them, and they're being faithful in doing that. Hallelujah. And I even want to say, you know, I I need to be able to thank God for that church in the state it was in when I attended it as a six-year-old, because as much as they knew how they loved Jesus with every fiber of their beings and they wanted to communicate that love of Jesus to me and that was how I found God and I am not going to, you know, hopefully uh, dishonor them in any way um, because without them, you wouldn't be sat here, right? And I think we just, I just want to be very, mindful of you know uh, being honoring of whatever god is doing amongst you know his body the world over uh, has done and will do okay we're all on that journey and and it and it's just it's just really really wonderful um but you do what you have signed up to by coming right is You've actually joined the family, all right? And families behave very differently to organizations, okay? They just do, all right? So I want to put that out there, okay? So you need to remember, I'm here as part of this family. You've not joined some slick corporate machine that's been churning out iDestiny graduates for the last seven or eight years, okay, Um, it just doesn't... Every school has been different, absolutely different. Every school has been absolutely awesome because you just step into our family life at this moment in history, which has never been repeated and will never be repeated. It's just this is what it is right now. No day but today, okay? Um, So just remember that when you're thinking... I'm not sure what's going on. I wish there was a bit more structure or whatever. Okay. Um, We're just doing family. We're doing life together. Now, that's important because families change and families evolve. and, And you relate to people differently, don't you, over time. The beauty of that is God says something to us today and we, yes, come on. God says something else to us tomorrow, and we say, yes, come on. And you don't worry about, oh, oh, well, what happened to what he said yesterday? Well, if we feel that's still, you know, on the page, we'll, we'll keep doing that. Um, and if we don't, we won't. <laughs> so it can feel, as an outsider coming in, a bit like, um, where's the, you know, where are the lines? Where's the... You know what? Where do I fit in? You know, where's my box? Right? There are no boxes. <laughs> okay. We just do life. Okay. And so you know, if someone needs doing and you're there, we you know we have a few people who we give jobs to, but it's not really this massive. Argh! Okay. It's just family, 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 um, and these. Imp- I, I say that because I just want you to get a flavor of, of how we lead and the culture. It's the it's like the DNA, it's who we are. It can seem quite um impetuous at times, like it's you know, yesterday when Timo was saying, um, I walked into the, the room and uh, it's like the next thing that's happening is I'm being asked to be youth pastor. Well, you know. Where, where's the application process, where's the, you know, uh, let's get to know you, let's find out about a bit your background, are you suitable for this job, what qualifications. Now, no disrespect to anybody who does it that way, but on that occasion and other, other occasions, that's just not what God has done for us, and we just run with it, okay, and we just run with it. Because t- I'm going to talk to you about um, a couple of things now that in the natural would seem absolutely crazy, but we just ran with them. All right, and this is our journey, all right, and, and we're just, we're just uh, enjoying, hopefully, enjoying that journey. So, um, like Sharon said, the dance group, um, this, this bunch of people came and stayed and started moving uh, into sale, uh, and, and other people uh, who weren't actually totally connected to the dance group began to move in. So, we had a nucleus of people, a family of people, wasn't very big but um 6 years later in 1984 uh we uh, we went away for a church weekend and uh had a great time we went up to this little uh little place in the hills and there was probably i don't know 20 30 of us uh, went away for the weekend and god spoke to us very powerfully through the um uh, the passage about the sheep and the goats uh, uh in um, in the gospels there where you know there 's this conversation going on and and you know they 're saying, "Well, when did we do all this stuff God and God says, "When you did it to the least of them, you did it to me and we felt God was saying he wanted us to really sort of take on board this concept of serving and loving the community and be really intentional about it, so intentional get get a get a place and God had said don 't put your money into buildings but We did put our money into a building in order to put our money into people. Okay. Put your money into people. Um, But we felt God was going to, it's a bit bit strange, but we felt God was going to show us a place that we needed to acquire that was going to be instrumental in seeing the outworking of that parable, you know, that us loving the community well. Okay. The ones that, God, God brought to us, and then a couple of days later, after we we come back from um, from being away for the weekend, and uh, Sharon's mum, uh, June, and uh, Alan's wife, Cath, uh, they were they they lived just around, they, or June lived just around the corner from from this property uh, then, and um, they were walking they were walking from from June's to Kath's and they passed this place, and it was the it was the this is it moment, you know, you know, like Timo was saying this female intuition, like we just, they just knew, right? This was, this was, it didn't look like that then. Okay. Right. This is the done up version. In fact, this is the really done up version. This is the so done up version after we sold it. Okay. Uh, nearly 30 years later. So, um, uh, the one on the right hand side you, you didn't need a front door okay because you could get into round the side just there's a window round the side that wasn't there you could just walk in it was it was just a bit of a squat place All right it so had been used for it had been used for squatting it was virtually derelict okay and I'm go- I'm going to I'm going to give you like a really 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 potted history because it's full of what Sharon was talking about before Squatting is where people just uh, go into a property that doesn't belong to them and just live there without paying any rent. Um, but what Sharon was talking about before, you know, just just that incredible, naive, childlike, God says it, it's going to happen, faith. So she didn't she didn't mention, but one of the stories I love was uh, as a, as a young family they were sat around the tea table. Uh, one night having nothing to eat but knowing God was their provider, so they prayed and said, Grace, even though there's nothing on the plate. And there's a knock at the door, and the sausages arrive. I don't know if that happens in your world, right? Right? And in one way, I hope it never happens. Well, I, you know, because... You know, well, no, that's a silly thing to say. Just that, well, let's pray. Because he's our dad, he's our provider. He, he, he knows what we need, but it gives us the privilege of asking anyway. But it's, you know, for somebody to be at the door by the time you've said the prayer, they've already set off, haven't they? They've already got the sausages. It's not like... God hears your prayer, and then the sausages arrive, you know, five hours later or whatever. I just, okay. So that is the sort of crazy faith that you're, you're embracing. So the crazy faith is, here's these two buildings, these two houses, that are like, well, ruins. ruins. Yeah. In fact, considered opinion was divided The people of faith could see them renovated. The sensible people said, let's buy them, knock them down, and build something else, okay? Because they're not worth trying to save. Anyway, okay, I'm going to try and keep this really succinct. Um, When um, I worked for Barclays Bank at the time, okay, I am uh, in my early 20s. I'm earning about £2,500 a year, all right? That's my salary. I know you can't imagine that, can you? Two and a half thousand pounds a year. And we'd bought a house in 1979 for seven thousand pounds. A little terraced house. Two, you know, two bedrooms. Sorry, toilet almost outside. Okay, so you don't need to. It's like, we were dragged up. Okay, right? So, So the point is, as a as a as an up and coming, you know, executive in a bank, I earned two and a half thousand pounds a year, and I bought. I was in the process of buying a house for seven thousand pounds. These two properties were for sale for fifty thousand pounds. Okay, so seven times I would be buying seven of my houses. Right, 25, twenty five, twenty. A lot times my salary. Twenty times, yeah, yeah, right. Massive amount of money. Okay, Ken, uh, but we. God said, buy him, right? So Ken has a dream. You remember Ken yesterday? And in the dream, he's talking to the guy who owns him, and he's offering them. He's offering the guy twenty eight and a half thousand pounds. So we're in the market here at just over half price. <laughs> It's like, have you ever tried to buy a house for just over half price? You know, it's just like, I'll put an offer. You know, you watch those programs at your location. We do. And the, the the presenters are going, now we need to make a sensible offer. What's a sensible offer? You know, and it's like about 95% of the asking price. No, we were about 55% of the asking price. <laughs> Can you imagine being the owner? Sat there. You want to pay how much? So, and the guy was quite gracious. He says, well, God's got his... God's got his sums wrong, you know, because that's not the price. (laughs) Because Ken had said, we'd love to buy them, but, you know, I've had a dream and I believe God wants us to pay 28,500 pounds for them. It's like, stupid, stupid, right? So, okay, well, God, we're just blind faith. Within three days, the phone rings and the guy says, if you can have the cash on my desk in a month, you can have them. And we're going,
2: yes, yes, yes.
0: Right? Because we haven't thought, where on earth are we going to find? Because we haven't got any money. We haven't got any money. But we've got a promise. Right? So we follow. We're following the wind, okay? We're just like okay, and it's just an adventure. It's just a glorious adventure, and then it's mixed with just people being so willing to be put everything on the line. So Ken, and it's another reason I honor him. Right? He's got back then. He had three young kids, and eyes of faith. Bearing in mind, these are a ruin. A, a virtual ruin," he said. "Them, um, uh, I could, uh, we could, we could move into. I'm sure we could make half the ha- half of it habitable. You know, this bit on this. side. Well, which side was it? I don't know. Right. The, the left-hand side, as we look at it. Yeah, we'll we'll move in there. Um, and uh, so, so, you think, so we'll sell our house because what had happened was. So we've got this, yeah, come on. So we tell the church and the clock's ticking and we say, okay, you know, we went away for the weekend and um, we felt God show us these houses. Well, you'll never believe what God's done. He's, he's made it possible for us to buy him. We just need 28 and a half grand. <laughs> so what we're going to do next week is we're going to put a box at the front of the church, right? And just go away this week and ask God what he wants you to put in the box. Now, bearing in mind, I earn Two and a half grand. That is like a salary. How much was in the box? Eleven and a half thousand pounds. And there's only, at most, 30 people in the church. And if, you know, like, not everybody's earning. And you, you know, uh, yeah, we counted everything. <laughs> if it moved, you were part of the church. Pets, fish. <laughs> no. But there's just Nobody. I've, you know what? There wasn't nobody, but to this day, I believe the money multiplied. You know, and then somebody somebody um, was willing to loan uh, you know uh, enough to take us up to half. We had we had enough to buy one, so we had fourteen thousand two hundred and fifty. So we needed fourteen. You know, just over fourteen grand. And Ken said, "I'll sell my house and I'll move in, and you can have the 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 cash that." I'll make from the sale of my house. You know, like when you play poker, all in. Just stunning, all in. And you think, God, that's amazing. Yet we are already into our four weeks, right, our month of needing the cash on his table. And Ken's, Ken's not got, you know, Ken's just decided to sell his house. Like, well, if you ever try to sell a house, you know, it's like not the quickest thing happens. But, you know, one of these incredible coincidences was that the, the family that lived next door to June and Brighton, their son, he was looking for a house in sale. And he went round to Ken's. He said, yeah, quite fancy this house, first time buyer. I bought it within a month. We paid the guy 28 and a half grand. And that was only the start. That was only the start. And I, I just, you know, I'm laboring that point because this is the sort of people you are mingling with all right? Crazy people who actually believe that when God says something, it is gonna happen. Okay. And normal rules just don't really apply. Um so just one little story about the house and then we'll, we'll just
1: say because uh, then of course we needed to do it all. Yeah. No, nothing left. So Alan sold his house. But what we did was we just got Hang on. Well, I was only one sentence. Just that Alan sold his house, we sold our house. We put all the money yeah. to, for doing it all, and we all moved into the other
0: side. Yeah, and it became a nine-bedroomed house. And um, so Ken, Ken, moved, Ken, Ken moved out. Yeah. Um, so Ken financed it, and and we started work on on it, but then. Subsequently, Ken moved out, Uh, we built an extension on the back, and to do that, uh, Alan sold his house, we sold our house, we put our money in, and that gave Ken um, some money to uh, get another house, uh, just across the road. Um, And uh, we did it up, and um, it became a nine-bedroomed house, and it facilitated all sorts of things uh, you know it's just, we could we could keep you here all day telling telling you stories about the people the people who'd been impacted um, the average number of people that lived there was 10 the most number of people that lived there at one time was 22 because it was all about you know you don't do something like that and not do relationships all sorts of relationships with all sorts of people and it just it, it was it was just a real beacon in the you know in the community. One little story for today. Um, so we've we've done we've we've done the old internal alterations. So it's two houses. So if you can imagine behind those two front doors, there's this lovely wide entrance hall. There's two staircases. There's two landings. There's two more staircases, and there's bedrooms at the top. And Ken uh, sourced some carpet for the uh, for the um, the hall. And um, he knew he'd bought enough for the hall and the and the two stairs. That was how much carpet he'd bought, you know, measured it, and that's how much he'd got. And it was really cool it was good, quality. good quality, end of roll thing. So we thought, well, you know, it's time to get the carpet down. So we got the carpet fitter in, and we said to him, okay, this carpet, what we want you to do is the, the you know, the, the the entrance hallway and up the first two sets of stairs. So he said, fine. No problem <clears throat> so right here he puts the carpet down and rolls it out and gets out his tape measure and he says how much is how much is supposed to be here so yeah uh, you, you know you've got enough to do the the, the the entrance hall and two sets of stairs measures 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 that roll of carpet grew we knew how much we'd bought and it did the entrance hall, the two sets of stairs, the landings, two more sets of stairs, and two little cupboards. Big cupboards, length of the right. on either side. <laughs> we did not buy that much carpet. Now I can't produce a receipt, okay, but just trust me, right? Would I lie to you? It grew. I don't you know some at some point between us buying it and the carpet fitter rolling it out it multiplied okay now when they uh, a few schools ago um outreach was in leon so the girls uh, the the team went to leon and they ministered to the uh, they just loved on the prostitutes one night, okay, and gave them flowers and chocolates and cups of tea. And they took with them a flask, probably not much bigger than that one, okay, that had tea in it, okay? And they gave the girls cups of tea. Now, the flask probably holds three or four cups of tea. I don't know how many, Cups of tea were poured out of that flask. But it was more than three. <laughs> Considerably more than three. Tea. Would you like tea? Would you like some tea? Would you like some tea? And when all the girls have had a cup of tea, it's empty. Now that's a story you read in a book written by a guy called God. Except it's not that actually happened to iDestiny students. Now that's not to put any pressure on you. Do you know I'm like I am please, we're not, you know, hear me when I say that, right? But we've seen a carpet grow. We've seen tea appear. Right? This is the environment that you're stepping into. Now you may be familiar with that environment great. We want to learn from you, right? We're not sat here as the experts in T-multiplication, okay? We're sat here as a family that has a relationship with a God who does stuff like that, okay? Now, just to come back to the house. So, the church is growing and, and all sorts of, you know, people have been helped there. In fact, um, just this little picture here right um way back at some point a guy we connected with a guy called Arnold Nawangi, who who was a um a Ugandan missionary to the UK uh which was great and uh, he lived at the church house uh, for for a number of years and his vision was to start a children's home in Kampala and again crazy story right so uh, he's running this prayer conference in Kampala, Sharon goes to the prayer conference and Arnold says to him, can I take you to see the, the land, don not he, where I'm, where I'm going to build my, can we go and see the land, right? So he drives out of the city uh, to this like jungle on the hillside, do not he, and he says, this is it. And you're thinking, this is it. There's little in. Right. Okay. But the woman of faith, right, says, how much do you need, Arnold? 2,000 pounds. 2,000 pounds. Right? She rings me up and says, from Uganda, and says, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but as the church got two grand? Because I think we should give Arnold two grand to help him get this thing going. So we got to, you know, we had a look at the money and we said yes. There are now over a hundred kids and the choir will be here um, in June or July and these kids will stand on the stage and and they'll say, Hi, my name is Jonathan and when I grow up, I want to be a doctor or whatever. And you think, Without us, you wouldn't be here. And, you know, if you want to pat yourself on the back, pat yourself on the back. But the point is, it's just a, it was like, God, have we got two grand? Yes, we've got two grand. Well, right now, there's nothing better we could do with it than give it to that man so he can buy this piece of jungle which... 10 years later, they've just celebrated their 10th anniversary. And he came to live in the And he was living in the church house. We had quite a few people. Aren't we? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the Bosnian War, uh, when, well, during the Bosnian War, when um, loads of people were fleeing the country for their lives, we got involved in a, uh, a, a rescue mission. So a whole raft of people came. And we, we housed some of them with, and that was the reason that one of the reasons that was great was because it was a real partnership between lots of different churches, lots of different traditions within the church. But it was a like a uniting um, effort that, and we just saw such favour on that, you know, the councils and everything. And um, you know, you uh, about three or four weeks ago, we did a party. To celebrate June and Brian's, you know, just being incredible people, and some of the Bosnians who've stayed uh, in in the UK came, and and you and you'd like to say, and they're now all Christians, and you know, this this and they're not okay. Uh, they haven't made a decision for Jesus, right? But they've been impacted mightily by the love of God, and. What they do with that is up to them. We just wanted to love them. Um, so yeah, there's been there's been all sorts of Bos- Bosnians, Brazilians, everything you name it. It's pro- they've probably lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Timo and Ruth uh, <laughs> uh, went and lived there when um, uh, when uh, when they moved up here. Sorry. Well, the one are born there. Yes. yes. Yeah. Was it Ilana arrived before the ambulance? Yeah. And the other one arrived. In the middle of the night. That is that is definitely a story for another day. Okay, because we're running out of time. Um but church church continued to grow um numerically as well. And and uh the building was, despite the fact that uh we'd done some alterations and made it more user friendly, it really was Out, out outgrowing its purpose, and we were looking. We were on a journey of looking for another building, and we felt God say to us, "Well, it's time to uh, sell the church house, Uh, and then you 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 know turn the turn the asset into cash." Now, bearing in mind, oh, okay, it was 1984. We paid twenty eight and a half thousand pounds for it. Do you want to know what it sold for? I'm going to tell you anyway. Four hundred and fifty thousand pounds. You know, now you know to get from 28 and a half, I know it's thirty years, but twenty-eight and a half thousand became four hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and we started a building fund. So we've got we've got over half a million pounds of cash to play with, and we 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 were within that much of buying a building just at the other side of the tram stop in sale uh opposite the leisure center it's b&m bargains now um god bless them uh we were that on, on we were we were negotiating the con you know the contract for sale uh or for purchase and um it was just getting really complicated in terms of planning permission and oh, just all sorts. And it felt, as good as it was, it felt like the, the thing was running away with us in terms of how much it was going to cost. And, um, you know, Sharon said, back in the dance group days, we were given keys to this, the, the Baptist church as was. We've just always had a great relationship with the, uh, with the Baptist church here, part of the Salt and Light Network, and I happened to be in the offices here talking to their accountant, and I bumped into their senior leader, who's also called Andy, Andy Barclay Watt, and he, oh, how's it going with the building? I said, well, you know, not great, and he said, well, it's not going great with us either, because they'd looked around for a new building, and couldn't find one, so they'd made a decision that they would redevelop this site. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the other, you may or may not know, but the other church that meets here on a Sunday morning, the reason we meet in the sun, on a Sunday afternoon is because they meet in the morning. There's about 500 of them, okay? So they've been bursting at the seams for ages. So they're looking, 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 and nothing's happening. So they decide they want to redevelop the site, but they only actually own a quarter of it. Three quarters of it is owned by the local council. But, you know, you think, God, it just covers everything. So the the man who works at the council who looks after surplus council land because it had a community centre on it, okay, just over there, right near where the cafe is now. And the council are trying to get rid of these like buildings because they're, they're, you know, the costs loads of money to run and they need people and it's just a drain they call them assets but they really want the community to take them over so and the guy whose job it was to look after that was a christian so he almost single-handedly has engineered at least 3 that i'm aware of projects where these council assets have been transferred into the third sector the you know the church community okay, um, and he he got the council to agree to give a lease to the church of 125 years at a pound a year. One pound a year is the is the lease payment for all this land. So on that basis, you know, they were they've been able to rebuild. Uh, the downside is, in the lease it says, you can. the only thing you can build is a community centre. Because that's what was on the land. And so the council has a very strict policy. Once a community centre, always a community centre. So build a community centre. So they built a community centre. This is a community centre. And at the launch, the the mayor of the council came and said haven't we done well, you know, taking all the credit for this incredible community centre, that their generosity, quite rightly, in giving a lease for a pound a year, it's just absolutely amazing. The downside is that not many people would ever want to buy a community centre. All right? So that impacts its resale value. And at the risk of getting very technical, that, the resale value impacts um, your funding options. If you need to borrow money to build it, okay, so it can cost three million pounds to build, as it did, but it ain't worth three million pounds when you built it, because who wants to buy a community centre? So the bank that the the church have raised half the money. They have raised one and a half million pounds, and they want to borrow. One and a half million pounds, and the bank would love to lend it them, but it can't, because the building will only be worth one and a half million pounds as a community centre. So, long story, long story, not that much shorter. Andy says to me, "Um, I think God might be saying something to us." So we get together the following day, right? And he said, "Look, and this is going to sound absolutely crazy." He says, "But." We need half a million pounds to make this project fly. You've got half a million pounds. And your building seems to be flying away. Why don't you lend us your half a million pounds? And when the building's finished, you can come and use it rent-free. I mean, who does that? Who does that? Crazy suggestion. By the weekend, that happened on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. We had a leadership meeting, didn't we? Weekend, we'd agreed to do it. We told the church. Church said, yeah, come on! Which is what Timo was talking about yesterday. That's why you sat here. Because we're crazy. We're absolutely crazy. And God seems to like it. So, you know, Caddy's brother, when he, sends me a text saying andy you are crazy yes and i wouldn't have it any other way mm-hmm. let's not do nice let's let you know ooh, somebody was saying they didn't want I a nice life right phil yeah don't want a nice life so there you go that's We've had a word from god a yes so yeah you say that
1: we had a word from god a couple of years before um and it was just you'll lend and not borrow oh, yeah. and <laughs> It just—it seemed ridiculous, but I just kept holding it because God had given it me, and when He's given it you, it's kind of, you kind of—you can't lose it, can you? And I'd, we just kept saying it and just holding it in our hearts, but it didn't seem to make any sense. And we were going for, you know, building up our building fund. But if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have had the money then to to lend. So you can see God was in it all, and even though we couldn't understand it, we were doing our best. Do you know what I mean? It just He used everything. Don't. So. so
0: just a, quickly a couple of other prophetic words and this is this is how we just we just work um uh, Alan's son Tom uh, who, who who you'll meet he helps lead worship okay fairly early on as a, as a dream uh, and he thinks it's you know it's significant in terms of buildings he says he says I've, I've seen a building okay and it's on this road outside here is the A56 He says it's on the A56 and it's got loads of glass in it and green, green walls. He saw the colour green, right? We so believed that word, we checked out every conceivably possible building on the A6. If you go two miles up the road into Stretford, you'll find a car showroom on the left-hand side full of glass. We were, like, negotiating to buy it. Because this is it. This is the building on the A56 that's full of glass. And then that, you know, that was quite a few years ago. And then suddenly, we walk in here. It's full of glass. It didn't exist. It wasn't built. We had no say over the paint color. Right, when you see when you, you know you you this this up here, that end that end staircase that's all open, full of green paint. Full of green paint. So that's just a little flavour of how you come to be here. Like Timo said yesterday, we felt God say do a school, and we went no one will come, and God said do a school. So we said, okay, we'll do a school. And you're here, 14 schools later, All right. And it's just awesome. And we're just having a blast. And we're as organized as we can be, all right? Just doing life. And God said, do a school, and people keep turning up, so we we'll keep doing a school. And when nobody turns up, we'll say, God, do you want us to stop now? Or do you want us to preach to the chairs? Because that we said, we, we're so convinced we're going to do a school. We will, you know, we will preach to the chairs. And please uh, don't make any boast about this, but Yongi Cho is famous for preaching to the chairs, you know. Just preach to the chairs. Right? And uh, we said, we'll preach to the chairs. And then two weeks before the first school, or was it even two weeks? Tom Hockley, bless him, I think he was like the day before, decided he was going to do it and just came. Um, So it's like that, you know. That's our version of organized. (laughs) Um, It's life. It's just an adventure. and It's going to be awesome, right? Because you're here, right? It's going to be awesome because you're here. You're part of the family. Do I say anything else? I think you were supposed to finish off. Weren't you supposed to talk about school? Are you alright? Five more minutes Are really you okay?
1: I'll just say a couple of things about school. Because um, oh, yeah, I actually want to just play that Sean Boltz. Um, Oh, yeah, this is one of our schools. (laughs) Uh, I don't know when it was, but probably around 2000, the year 2000 or something like that. I had this experience that I've never had anything like it before. I hope I do at some point, but I'd really like another experience like this. But we were just in worship um, down at Glebelands Road, that church you saw, and we'd been fasting um and i all of a sudden was just somewhere else so and it's like i was really there um so but it wasn't a specific place but i was um seeing before me like this army of people sorry a lot of whom were young people and uh, they were marching i knew they were marching through england and they were marching across the um channel where it's called <laughs> into different places of europe and it was just like it was just spreading out right across europe and um i could hear the sound and i knew that the sound was locusts don't ask me how i knew that because i don't know if i've ever heard locusts but i knew it was the sound of locusts marching and um i knew that they were the same phrase, this phrase was in my head. They were devouring everything in their path. Um, and I knew it was like a this kind of movement that was going out and just taking uh, the nations for Jesus. And then all of a sudden I'm out of it again. And it, it had gone on quite a while. I have no idea how long. And suddenly it's like I'm back in this. It was weird. It was really weird experience. I don't know whether you call it like an open vision or something. I don't know what it is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was just great. Um, and so I told everybody about it in that meeting, um, thinking it was just like weird, but I better say something. And the next morning, I was reading Joel chapter 2. It was just my reading for the day. And there in Joel chapter 2, it talks about this army that's marching that sounds like locusts. Oh, and the other thing that came to me was they were marching shoulder to shoulder with no jostling. That's not even a word I would use. But it was there in Joel chapter 2, in the translation that I was reading at the time. So I knew it was like that, that, that harmony thing. You know, when marching shoulder to shoulder, powerfully together as a united Army, and the other thing was they weren't wearing army clothes; they were wearing normal clothes. Um. Anyway, so I, I said it. We got, and we were dead excited when I read this Joel two the next day. You know, and we're thinking, oh gosh, what is this? And some people were a bit nervous because if you read Joel two, it actually sounds quite destructive, and like you know, can't really understand it anyway. It took me till probably two or three years ago to realize <laughs> that what we were doing as our destiny was exactly that, you know just like and, and that what was happening now was probably in in a sense a fulfillment of this vision or beginning of the fulfillment of this vision in people coming to us from all over the world just being um you know empowered to then, in love, just go and just destroy the mountains of religion, destroy the stuff that's kept people from really understanding God's love and just demolishing all that, just like little locusts. You know, um, and the thing is that uh, around the same time, my mum had this vision for getting these women together to be praying for young people to be set on fire and for Jesus and we had these kind of little like glimpses of what it would look like we we um were at a meeting once and there was this young this group of young people on the stage and they were like million watt light bulbs just worshiping and dancing and doing this you know some real great passionate stuff about about their love for God and for the world and, and they were giving testimony about what they'd seen, the changes they'd seen and miracles they'd seen and stuff. And we were saying, that's the sort of young people we're, you know, praying for. That's what we're going to see. Um, and I, I suddenly realized a couple of years ago that it, this was all kind of entwined. It's like as if what was happening here as the school was the fulfillment of what my mom had got women praying for all around the world. And it, uh, this, this bit was our bit, Kingsway's bit was this school and you know what I mean so it's been undergirded by prayer is what I want you to know from women that have been praying all that time for you coming right now you know that that vision that God has put in our hearts for you going back to nations going just taking this love of God that values the person that is walking shoulder to shoulder with people, you know, um, and is just loving this world that God, that Jesus Christ died for, that is so passionate. He loved the world, the cosmos so much. And that's what you'll feel. You know, that's what you're feeling now. That's why you're here. I know, you know, God's brought you here and he's, is doing something with us and you know we don't understand it but we just flow with what he shows us little bit by little bit. Um but your lives you've got oh, <laughs> so much to take out, so so many people to love in front of you. Yeah, and we and we had like I don't know if you've heard of Ivan and Isabel, but they—they they are a lovely, lovely couple who had Timo interned with before he came here, um, and they—they uh, they call themselves mum and dad to Timo too, you know, and grandparents to his children. They love him to bits, and they were very, very influential because we'd—we'd had Alan had a word many, many years ago. I think Alan, Timo said it yesterday, where he saw the where he, he saw in this vision a school, a doctor's practice, and all these sort of things, and we tried working out those things in our own strength, thinking, because we knew he'd encountered God, and he'd, you know, so we started a primary school, we were, we were almost going to build a little doctor's surgery that Irvin, who sat at the uh, end over there, was going to run, you know, we were, and you do that sometimes, don't you, you see your prophetic words, and you, you want to run with it, and try and But all those things, if so, we're doing this sozo ministry, which is seeing people come from all over. That's how Phil got to know us. And we're training people from all over to do sozo. And then, but the school was something that it took us a lot longer. It, It took, you know, a long time as well for us to realize, actually, we're not doing that primary school anymore, yet we know it's something. And then God speaks to us about training people. And and I have to tell you, our, I was a, as a church, our identity was a bit skew with. in like, you know, who would we be to teach anybody without realizing it just, it's just passing on Jesus, <laughs> what you've known of Jesus. So it's like, we, we can't do a school, but keep feeling God's telling us to do a school. And, and different things kept coming, making us feel this is what we should do. Then Ivan and Isabel came and she just stood up one Sunday morning and said, what's in your heart? About training and teaching. God wants you to go for it. He wants you to do the school you're planning. And he wants you to take people from all walks of life. And all uh, seasons of life. Some will come in their summer. Some will come in the winter of their lives. Some will come in the spring of their lives. So he was just talking to us about. you know, Embrace whatever age. Whoever wants to do it. It's not to be you know, just young people or. Um, And so that was when we decided, okay, we'll do it. And that's why we said, well, you've told us to do it, Lord. We'll do it to the walls. We'll speak to the chairs, you know, because we're going to start it. And then they came. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted you to know what was kind of behind it. I did feel this morning I wanted to, because I was listening to this prophecy from Sean Boltz that he gave us a couple of weeks ago. And I don't. It's just because he talks about you know. Oh, do you want to just play it?
2: Um, I know there's several pastors from several churches here, but I want to really bless the um, Kingsway Church pastors and their team. And then the Kingsway guys um, and the pastors are right here, and some of you guys know them, but um, not all of them know. But we did most of us stood in honor and beloved on them. But uh, I just feel like. I, this whole time, I just feel the pleasure of God over your love and over your people's love. I just feel like you, you're a love bone for the city. And I feel like where Muslims have jihad, you have like some sort of violent love that's in your community that's going to wreck this area. And I just feel like God wants to endorse that that comes out of healthy identity and that he's given you something, a message. And I saw your message going out over media, so I feel like there's... There's more media connections, and I felt like, I know radio sounds old, but I felt like there's some sort of radio, and there's some sort of like media programming that God wants to bring your, your, uh, your output into a wider space, because there is a message that needs to be heard. On top of that, I felt like the Lord, over you as the pastors, I felt like the Lord says he has seasons of rest, and it wasn't just like one year you take a vacation, but I saw seasons of rest. And people are going to sow extravagantly into your rest. So there's going to be people who have properties for you to rest in. There's going to be vacations that are going on. But I feel like the Lord said he's going to pull you away and outside of what you're currently doing. And I feel like uh, it's not like a hobby thing where you just go and do something, but it's going to actually give you places of rest. And for whatever reason, I'm seeing by oceans. So I don't know if that means something or if, that's, if you like oceans. I don't know. My wife and I love oceans. So maybe it's that. But I felt like the Lord said he's going to continually, not just for one year, but over the next series of years give you rest to recuperate and to recharge because he, he it's his great joy to give you rest, to give you pleasure, to give you uh, to sow into your personal lives and your family's lives this way. And some people are going to look at where you're going and they're going to think, these guys must be wealthy because that's a really expensive place. But it'll be paid for. It'll be done. Like you guys won't even be the initiators of it. And so I hope you like vacations. Um <laughs> Because they're coming and I hope you like rest Because I feel like as hard as you work That God is saying um, Sometimes you live lives of extremes And you have as pastors you live extreme lives or You've done you've been extremely on for God But well, he also wants you to be extremely on for rest When it's rest time So he's going to give you seasons of rest And it will um, not take you out of anything It will only plug you more into what he's doing But I uh, I just I, saw, I went to the Olympic torch ceremony In uh, the UK a long time ago and they they had uh, the passing of the torch, and we happened, we didn't know we were saying, but we were saying right where they passed the torch, like right in front of me from here to Phil, and I'm like, I can grab that torch, you know, like I almost wanted to grab it, but I didn't want to be arrested and deported, so, but I I just had one of those crazy charismatic moments, but I've never thought of this again since that moment, but I'm seeing that there's some sort of revival torch, um, even in the legacy of your church, that's been passed to you, that you're about to light a lot of torches with. And I feel like this is going to be a reoccurring theme that God is passing in this season, the fullness of that torch to you. And I see you you extending that torch to others. And I feel like there's about to be a move of empowerment in your church and then through your church in this season. What you guys have been going on about all along is about to manifest the greater purpose of that in this next season. 2016 is like a year where you'll remember before and after. Because of what God does in this year. And so, uh, you know, uh, some days you'll feel like you're having to tie your bootstraps even tighter. Some days you're going to feel like you can take your boots off. It's going to be a really bipolar year because of the rest that's coming. But bless you. Thank you for hosting us tonight. We really love your church.
1: So it was just that particularly, you know, like you talked about 2016. <laughs> and you're here 2016. And us passing on this, this torch... And lighting, we're not passing it on, it was lighting all these torches with this torch that's been passed on to us. And a few weeks ago, we had this special service for my mum and dad, which was just adorable. And people just loved on them. You know, brought special food and (laughs) said lovely things. Um, Just amazing truths about how their lives had been impacted, and it felt like Oh, it was just—it was such an honouring time, but it felt like too, almost in a sense, this this torch being passed to us. I know that might sound a bit odd, but um, it just felt that, odd that Sean Box would come just a couple of weeks after that and say that this torch has now been passed on to you, and and about lighting all these other torches. <laughs> with it. And I just want to know you to know (laughs) we're running with you. We're in the army with you. We're here lighting torches, your (laughs) torches for you to run with that. The fullness of who you are, that's what we're after discovering in this, you know, partly discovering this five months, but to be on this journey with you of discovering who you are, (laughs) lighting this torch for you to be able to, for you to be really running free, running powerfully, running um you know just realizing who you are seeing your glory like i said before um yeah so i just wanted you to hear that, that. thank
0: you for listening to the i destiny podcast for further information check out
2: www.idestiny.org.uk